how do you plan to approach your latter years, whether they're well in the future or well nigh upon you? Aging well, perhaps? Aging gracefully or perhaps disgracefully? I do plan to wear purple anytime now. Or you could try an approach called conscious aging. Tom Vergus has founded a group in Australia to explore a wide range of age-related topics through this lens of conscious ageing, elderhood and wisdom, spirituality, death, of course, but there's also a fair amount of self-inquiry. Tom, welcome to Life Matters. Thank you very much, Hilary. Great pleasure to be here. And Dr. Anne Ring is with us today too. She's many things, including a psychologist and a health sociologist and the author of a book called Engaging with Ageing. And great to have you on the program as well. Lovely to be here also. I'm delighted. (laughs) Now, Tom, you're a a consultant specialising in diversity, equity and cultural intelligence. What led you to the topic of of ageing? Is is that related to those ideas? Well, obviously, generational diversity is part of of diversity, generational changes. But I think my interest actually came about from a personal experience. I'm originally from Malaysia of Indian ethnicity. I came out to Australia as a student many years ago. And in the Indian culture, turning 60 is a seminal moment. And I found myself, Hillary, at 59, having some existential questions (laughs) around how was I going to embark on this next stage of my life? And that hence started me looking at talking to people, reading, engaging in webinars, seminars, etc. And that has now grown as an interest over the last five years for me. And Tom, I mean, your area of specialty is diversity and inclusivity, and you have lived in and seen a a few different cultures' approaches to ageing. How inclusive are we of old age in Australia? Well, I think generally in the West, we live in a youth-oriented society. So there's much more um, attention paid to youth. And, you know, I think most of us are actually... We, are, we have an ageist attitude, so therefore aging, as someone once said, if aging was a tourist destination, no one would want to go there. <laughs> Airfares would have to be very cheap. <laughs> and what are your thoughts? Do you think that uh, there are other cultures that do aging better than we do here? Well, I certainly do think so. Um, the Chinese, of course, uh, have a wonderful reputation for revering and valuing their older people. Uh, unfortunately, I think this one-child policy has um, had a bit of a problem, uh, influenced that in a rather negative way, but still, they certainly have that reputation. Uh, and certainly, our own elders, our Indigenous population, we acknowledge them you know, when we're recognising country because they value ageing in, in a very important way. And and I, I actually have a personal experience of a wonderful culture that um, also does that, uh, and that's the Tongan culture because uh, my mother uh, had dementia and was living with us. We had to have carers, and I managed to... Uh, connect with uh, some Tongan carers who were so wonderful with my mother above and beyond treating her really like a, a the, as if they were her daughters also and it was quite beautiful to see how they really wanted to make life good for her then we got um, an each package from the government which was very generous so we had to tell our Tongan ladies that well you know we have to go with a 
a recognised provider. We had the recognised provider for a month and it was a total nightmare. I mean, the word care in that case really had to have inverted commas around it. Um, they were perfunctory. It was simply a job. And after the month, I went back to my Tongan friends and said, please, can you come back? And they could and they did. And, you know, we lived happily ever after until, sadly, my mother then died. But, um, yes, the, I, I think that it was a really uh, an eye-opening uh, contrast. <laughs> yes, indeed. Tom, tell us a little bit about conscious ageing. I mean, is it different from other approaches that we just mentioned, that idea of ageing well or ageing gracefully, you know, the idea of trying to live for a long time or, or live a, a healthier life in later age? What what does it involve when you sit down and, and go, let's, let's have a more conscious approach to ageing? Well, I think, of course, there are overlaps in any of those definitions. But if we break the word up, aging is, of course, the natural process of getting older. Conscious is being aware of both our internal and external states. So conscious aging is really about how do I be more aware of what's happening in my life as I now progress through life. So it's, it's having a level of intentionality about how we age. So if you sat down with someone and said, let's look at how you could approach ageing differently in a more conscious way, what are some of the key questions you would be asking them? We'd be looking at firstly doing what is you know what I would call a life review. So therefore, if we look at all the aspects of our lives, you know, physical, mental, spiritual, emotional, and looking at so where are we in terms of our current state and where would we like to move into. There are obviously certain aspects of our life which will get better with age and others are not so good. So therefore, what are some of the things that we can concentrate and focus on? Wow. I mean, that sounds like a big process sitting down it's and getting someone to review all the different aspects well, of their life. Is it challenging <laughs> for people? <laughs> it, is, it is for some people, uh, can be challenging, but it does take, it does require a pause it does require us to actually just take a moment and think about, okay, so where I'm at, where am I at now? And then, of course, as you get older, things like, as Anne mentioned, you know, about her mother's death, things like mortality become much more of a reality. And although we are now all living longer, so we have what is known as a lifespan, at the same time, how do we also ensure we have health span during that period? So we, you know, how do we keep as healthy as we can in that period of time. And some of some of us will have to actually make some changes to ensure that. Yes. So it's not just a state of mind, it's it's also encompasses practical change. Absolutely. Absolutely. We're speaking with Tom Vergus, who has founded a group in Australia to explore the idea of conscious ageing, and Dr. Anne Ring, who is a psychologist and health sociologist and the author of a book called Engaging with Ageing. And and I guess a lot of us are looking for guidance as we move through life about what a good old age would look like, but there's no manual really. Where do the best lessons come from? Well, I, I mean, uh, I have to say that that's why I wrote my book and I hope that people do find that useful. But uh, overall, I, I'm very much of a fan of intergenerational uh, communications and people learning from each other, the older from the young and the young from the, the old. And I think that really you know, sort of within families and within social groups and so on, that we can learn a lot in, in uh, how people uh 
actually behave in old age rather than a lot of the negativity and stereotypes that we see. And I think that's really quite important. And one, one of the groups, actually, that we can learn a lot from, and which I loved writing about in my book, are centenarians who are a remarkable group. I mean, a uh, hundred years and a lot of them uh, aren't really counting. They're living very fulfilled lives. And that's a life that um, has had so many social changes, so many personal changes, and yet they go on living in, in a very interesting way uh, that is relatively healthy, uh, has an attitude which uh, is, you know, quite happy. And uh, yes, so I think that we should look to other people for role models. And I think that's very useful. Yes, I wonder too whether your fields of psychology and sociology give us some useful tips on how to approach ageing, I guess, constructively or positively or, or usefully. Well, can, can I just quickly uh, mention how I uh, got to write my book because that helps to answer the question. Yes. And uh, originally I did a PhD in my 50s where I was looking at uh, the media and what came through very uh, clearly in that was that uh, there was a lot of negativity about ageing. Uh, there were Older people were relatively invisible and it was a very interesting discovery. Uh, not not uh, unique, but uh, for me it was very interesting. And I, that made me very open to a Brisbane group, and we lived in Brisbane at the time, called Older People Speak Out, which was the brainchild of a wonderful uh, retired journalist and full-time social activist called Val French. And Val had started uh, media awards. There were national awards funded by the federal government, which um, really encouraged the media to be more positive and realistic about ageing. And I collected a lot of information in my years with them, with, uh, with OPSO, and I decided that really there was a need for a book that looked at, you know, positive ageing. But when I started to write the book and analyse my information and my data, it became very clear that, as Tom was saying, older age is like any other stage. There's ups and downs, there's things that we, uh, you know, sort of opportunities we have, there are challenges that we face, and it would be a useful idea, I thought, to write a book that really covered all of that in one book, uh, a type of one-stop shop, if you like, um, and really look at uh, how that all worked. And so I, you know, it was a book for um, men and women. It was supposed to be uh, showing that, and I'm very strong about this, that there is actually actually no uh, one uh, rule for how to age. Really, people need to make up their own minds about how they want to do it. And I think your previous speaker was talking about that in terms of leisure. And it certainly works, I think, for um, ageing as well. So, you know, sort of that was a lot of lot to do. And 13 years later, <laughs> the book arrived um, when I turned 80. And it's been really a book that people have responded to as a sort of guide to ageing, where it's not so much saying this is you know how you should age, but stimulating how you might want to age, considering all of the factors that are you know involved in growing older, and mm. that goes up to and including planning for a good death. <laughs> yes, well, I, mm. I noticed Tom Fergus. You said earlier that you know a lot of existential questions started to come to you around the age of fifty nine, and that's interesting, isn't it? That you know as perhaps we move through life and lose people close to us, we start to think about the fact that life is finite. How do you see that play out for people as say? grow older? Well, I, th I think, you know, we have, people generally don't like to talk about death. And yet it's a fact 
that all of us will die at some stage. So one of the things about being conscious is, in fact, thinking around what are some of the things we need to put into play so that we are prepared for that, not just for ourselves, but also for our family and friends. And building on what Anne was saying about the centenarians, you know, there are obviously lots of research around the blue zones, the five zones around the world where people live for more than 100 years. And something that you brought up before, uh, Hillary, in terms of Becca Levy from Yale University, her research shows that if you just change your mindset to aging, it's going to give you an extra seven and a half years of life. Seven now, and of course, a half. that's based that you want to live specific. longer. <laughs> that's what her research shows. Interesting. Well, I mean, Tom, how much is our ability to deal with ageing constrained by our situation in life? I mean, health, social supports, housing stability, surely they're all going to play a role on, you know, how zen we can be about it. Absolutely. Yes. So Paul Pizzo from Stanford University talks about the key, three key aspects that's required for ageing well. One is purpose. Two is community. And the third aspect is physical and mental well-being. So, yeah, it, it's not just how we think about it, is it? It's about no. how well connected we are. Correct. So community is really important. And one of the challenges as we age is that our community reduces in size unless we make a conscious effort to reach out. So are you and, saying that, sorry to interrupt, yeah. but are you saying that for, for conscious aging to be useful for more people, it would have to be a collective effort? Well, yes, you need community. So, you know, you want to have people you, you can hang out with. You want to build your friendship group. And, and as you said, that, you know, most of our friends shrink as we get older. And, you know, most of us, as we get older, if we don't make a, an effort to keep in touch with our friends, to build our community, our lives reduce in terms of size and social interactions. Just as we finish up, Dr. Anne Rice, what are your number one tips for how to prepare for ageing? I know you, you argue very strongly that ageing is different for everyone, but is there advice you'd give people uh, as a social scientist and a psychologist to uh, start that process of, of engaging with ageing in a different way? Absolutely. I'd really like to use um, like a, a motoring uh, metaphor that, you know, we should switch from automatic to uh, manual in a way. We should, uh, we have the chance to stop uh, living such a programmed life, which often we do, and think about what we really want. And that, uh, I'd call that actually, rather than conscious ageing, I'd call it conscious living. That how, how do you want to live at this stage of your life? And that, that's a luxury that uh, older people have more time to do and consciously contemplate. And I think that's a very important thing. So uh, recalibrating, I think, is a really important uh, approach to thinking about what do you really want? How do you think uh, ageing will work for you? And it, as I said, it's, it's very, very variable, but it's an exciting uh, opportunity. And uh, so I think that's important. But I also would, my personal man mantra is also have fun. Oh, yes, that sounds great. Okay, for, so switching from automatic to manual, fifth gear, here I come. This has been a very interesting conversation. Thank you both so much for joining us on Life Matters today.
It was a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Hilary. Dr Anne Ring is a psychologist and health sociologist. Her book's called Engaging with Ageing. Tom Vergus is the founder of a group in Australia called Conscious Ageing. You can find them online for some uh, stimulating ideas about how to look at the next phase of your life. Some lovely texts too. One says, I started thinking about ageing when I was 18. I became vegetarian and started eating and acting healthily. I'm now 59 and look and feel 40. Good on you. And another says, I'm not keen on having a long life, but a fulfilling life. Greg, this is from, if I die tomorrow, I'd be okay with that, as so far it has been a very fulfilling life. But if I live another 30 years and my quality of life dramatically declines, then what's the point? And I guess that shows how it is going to be different for different people, isn't it? We were discussing the other day among friends what it would take to not want to be around to watch your kids grow up. It was a pretty, pretty big thing worth, worth pondering sometimes. Find more great ABC RN stories that take you beyond the headlines on the ABC Listen app.